Still speaking, when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And be seated. As we come before God, there are many times that we experience fear. You see it in the scriptures all the time. There's times where we ourselves know it. We know that we come before a holy God, a God who is perfect, a God who is absolute love, a God who has done all things necessary to redeem us, and yet we also know our sin, the ways that we have failed him, the ways that we have fallen short. We know that we come before a holy God, but that we ourselves have not lived in a holy way. So sometimes we experience fear. We're not alone in this. If you look at it, uh, Moses experienced fear when he stood in the presence of God. Elijah experienced fear when he stood in the presence of God. Peter, James, and John walked with Jesus every day for years, and yet on this day experienced great fear as they stood in the presence of Christ and heard the Father speak. We're not alone in experiencing that fear. Indeed, Jesus, as God himself, God Almighty, the second person of the Trinity, has incredible glory. We see a glimpse of it described in our reading today. His face shone like the sun, his clothes became white as light. If God had revealed the full extent of his glory, if Jesus had let all of his glory show, I think it would have been too much for Peter, James, and John. What they saw, though, was a glimpse of the glory of Christ that he has as God Almighty that he had hid as he became man. His glory was hidden. Day in and day out, people saw Jesus and saw only a man. It's good because then they could come to him without fear, without the fear that his holiness would invoke in them. They could come to him and hear grace and forgiveness, just like we do every day. Now, think for a moment about Moses' experiences. He was walking in the desert, and he comes up, and he sees a burning bush. It's burning all day. It's not consumed. This begins to puzzle him. He comes close, and God speaks to him from the bush, right? Take off your sandals. This is holy ground. And Moses understands that he's standing in the presence of the glory of God. And what does he do? Do you remember? He hides his face because he's afraid to look at God. He's afraid to be near God. Elijah had a similar experience. Elijah, after the experience at Mount Carmel, had fled into the desert, had wished that he was dead because he thought he was the last prophet of God left on earth. God had strengthened him for the journey, and he goes 40 days and 40 nights off 
to a place where there is a cave. And he goes into the cave and he lays down and he wishes to die. Because the pressure of the world's hatred upon the gospel was so great he just couldn't take it anymore. And so God says to Elijah, stand up. I'm going to come and visit you. And there in the cave, he hears first of all a powerful fire coming burning over the top of the mountain. But Elijah did not go out because God was not in the fire. And then he hears this great earthquake come and tear the mountain apart. But he doesn't go out because God's not in the earthquake. There's a powerful wind blowing, but he doesn't go out because God is not in the wind. And then there's a still small voice quiet voice speaking to Elijah and Elijah goes out because now God is there speaking to him and what does he do do you remember he hides his face because he's afraid to look at God and he goes out and speaks with him Moses sees God in the bush hides his face Elijah hears God speak hides his face now here they stand on the mountain and they see Jesus Christ there in his glory shining like the sun they don't hide their face anymore do they they don't turn away they don't take off their sandals they're not afraid they speak with Christ because they are speaking to the one who is the savior of the world the one who had come to live and die and rise and save us They are comfortable now in the presence of God because of the grace of Jesus. No more fear. They are free. Their presence tells us that all of what Moses wrote speaks about Christ Jesus. Elijah's presence tells us that all that the prophets wrote speaks of Jesus. That Moses and Elijah, all the prophets are speaking of the Messiah who would come and remove sin and remove fear. They stand there in great joy and they see Jesus unafraid. But Peter, James, and John are still here in this world. They haven't gone home to heaven yet. And they hear the Father speak, and they are afraid. What does the Father say? A bright cloud overshadowed them, and the voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus is the Son of God, eternally, eternally begotten of the Father. God is well pleased with him. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whom he loves. If you think about it, my goodness, what love God must have for this world that he would give his son, whom he loves so dearly, even though he knew it was coming. 
the Father speaks. This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to what he tells you. Okay. We should listen to him. We should listen to all of the things that he says in the scriptures. All the things written in Moses and Elijah and the prophets. All of the things that Jesus says in the gospels. All of the things that he gave to the apostles to preach and proclaim. We should listen to all of those things, for all of them give life. But in this case, I would like to challenge you to simply listen to the very next thing Jesus says after the Father speaks. Okay? The Father has spoken. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Then the disciples heard this. They fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Ready? Listen. Rise and have no fear. Rise and have no fear. Now, you have heard Christ speak in the scriptures many times. You have heard him preach to you, proclaim to you forgiveness, speak to you of his love, apply to you the gospel of Christ Jesus. His words were in your baptism. His words are in every time you have Holy Communion. His words are in the prayers that you pray, our Father who art in heaven. You have heard him. But there will be one day, the very first time, where your own physical ears will hear Jesus speak because he will come again on the last day. Your soul will have been with him for quite some time, but your body will have been in the ground, right? It will have decayed. And those physical ears that you have on your head right now will one day hear Jesus speak. And what is he going to say? Rise and have no fear. Get up. Come back to life. No longer be dead. And when you rise, understand that because I have cleansed you from your sins, because I have washed you clean, because I have fed you my body and blood, because I have died for you, when you rise, don't be afraid. No fear. Rise and know my peace. And when you do, and you open up these eyes that you have in your head, and your ears hear him, You will see him in glory. Glory like this, his face shining like the sun, his clothes bright. To a large degree, dear friends, we'll find it when we get there. But what he's describing here is not just Peter, James, and John getting up off the ground, dusting themselves off, and finding him standing there alone. The voice, the cloud, Moses and Elijah gone. I think to a large degree he's describing what's going to happen to you on that last day. He says, rise. Don't be afraid. And you won't be afraid. Not one bit of you will be afraid because he has given you peace. Now, for him to be able to give this to you, he can't just say it. He can't just do it right then and there because Peter, James, and John felt this fear. It was real fear. They felt it for a reason, because of their sin. 
So first he had to, again, hide his glory and go down from the mountaintop and go to the cross and hang there in wretched pain, in the fullness of shame, bearing your sin, paying the price. He had to do all of this so that you might be free. And right now you have him. You have him in truth, in his word, in the sacrament. You have him, and it's real. He's forgiven you. But you still struggle with sin. That's why sometimes we feel fear. But he keeps forgiving you over and over and over again. He does it. And when he does it, it's always real. And so he gives himself to you. And we look forward to that day when he says, rise and have no fear. And when you come up and you have communion here, Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus who shined in glory, this Jesus who hung upon the cross, this Jesus who rose from the dead, this Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, he is in this feast, his body and blood under the bread and wine. He gives you himself. He's truly here. Yeah. That's why we kneel or stand to the best of our ability because it's true he's really here. And we are not afraid to be in the presence of God. We are not afraid to eat and to drink in his presence, for he himself is the feast, and he gives us life. That's a beautiful thing, right? Rise, have no fear. For I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ, and him crucified. May the peace of Christ that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.